Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host, Today, I have Vic, the awesome upright bass player and vocalist to the Coffin Cats here in the Metal Forge with us today. And we're going to be talking about their upcoming tour with Reverend Horton Heat and some more awesome stuff. He's such a cool dude. I got a chance to see them back in January. It was my second time seeing them. And they've got a couple of shows coming up here that I'm going to be going to as well. Such a fun band. If you're into Psychobilly, Graveyard Punk type stuff, you would definitely love this band. It's so cool to just watch bands like the, a three-piece band that's like this that just gets up and just fucking jams. It's like fucking tr- thrash the whole way through, you know? It's so fun to see them play. Before we get into any of that today, I've got a new episode of the Heavy Metal Wasteland with Jason Gardner coming, so we'll check in with him here in just a few minutes. I did say last week about a partnership opportunity that has arisen for the Metal Forge, and it is with Shore Microphones. Super fun stuff, so please click the links below for sure, and you know, Whatever you buy from them, if you buy a podcasting rig, if you get into, you know, if you're a vocalist or anything like that, 
consider getting some awesome mics from them. Click the link below. Anything that you buy from them, they give me 10% uh, on that sale. It's super cool. It helps the Metal Forge out, and it helps you out because you, I believe you also get a little bit of a better de- deal by clicking my link. So please click that link and help out the Metal Forge wherever you can. I appreciate it so much. Thank you all. So, I did say on the last few episodes that I would be attending uh, Hell's Heroes 4 in Houston. And unfortunately, I've had some stuff come up where I was unable to make it down there. So, I'm not going to be going this year. But, next week, I will be featuring Christian Larson on the Metal Forge. You know, Christian is in the band Night Cobra. You may have heard them in the archives when he was back in, I believe, in 2020 on the show. Uh, super cool dude we're going to be talking about the show and what's gonna what's you guys are going to be able to see while you're there fun stuff awesome all around so let's go ahead and check in with jason gardner in the heavy metal wasteland hey friends welcome back to the wasteland before we get into this week's pick uh, i'd like to do a psa for the drummer for the band lopan His name is Jesse Bartz. As you know, underground musicians don't make a ton of money, if any at all, and I'd like to direct your attention to his GoFundMe setup in his name. At the time of this airing, he will have already undergone surgery for cancer treatment, and as you know, the bills will be waiting on the other side. The link is gofund.me slash f1660f90. That's gofund.me slash F1660F90. Please spare what you can. It all adds up. Or if you're not into the online fundraiser avenue, you can always go buy some digital downloads from their Bandcamp at lopanmusic.bandcamp.com. It all helps him with his wife and two small kids make it through this terrible situation. So, on to the review for today. I want to tell you about a young up-and-coming band from my area called Oblivion Throne. This is a three-piece speed metal band in the vein of Exciter, and the recording lineup consists of Alex on guitar and vocals, Elon on drums, and Justin on bass. Their latest release, Marauder, is out now, as self-recorded and released. Uh, This release follows up their 2021 uh, demo, Infernal Savage, and that was my introduction to the band last summer. It consists of six tracks and clocks in about 26 minutes. Uh, This album is pretty raw, and that's both a benefit and maybe a hindrance to listeners of this album. Uh, First, let's start out with the positives. Uh, The album is concise, and every track, except for an instrumental track called Selva Oscura, has plenty of meat on the bones for those who worship a truly great riff. And this album is a treasure trove of of that. It reminded me of early Bathory or Celtic Frost when it came to the vocal delivery and the sound of the album. If you're not into those kind of bands, this album probably isn't for you. But that's okay. You know, not everything is made for everybody. The album is pretty ferocious sounding, uh, wasting no time getting right to what uh, Oblivion Throne is all about. Which obviously is melting faces like all bands who play uh, at higher BPMs. The drumming on this album really pushes the guitars uh, really hard. Um, almost stealing the show, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, the, the riff is always the star of the song. Nine times out of ten. Uh, the bass is no letdown either. Uh, it, it's right there with the drums and the guitar. Fast, loose, in the pocket. 
kind of giving it that live feel. Now on the other side of the coin, uh, places I personally thought this could be improved. This project being from a band who is pretty much just starting out, I totally get the self-made recording route. But I really do think this album would have benefited from somebody mixing with a fresh set of ears to the material before having this mastered. There's places in the album where it goes into wall of noise sound for a few bars before going back to be able to distinguish uh, all three parts and vocals. Um, as far as the production goes, it's very much a love or hate it kind of sound. Me personally, I don't mind it, but if I had some more polish on it, say like early Overkill or Testament or maybe even like Kill 'Em All, um, I think it would have been a great benefit for this band and album. I'm sure I'm not alone in this way of thinking when it comes to production values. Overall though, I do like this release a lot. The songs are a labor of love and come from a place of inspiration from days of metal past. The artwork is killer, the whole vibe and look of the band and their merch is fun and very metal. Uh, be sure to follow them and buy their music on Bandcamp or stream it on the platform of your choice. And that brings us to the end of this edition of The Wasteland. Uh, just want to remind everyone out there to stay safe and stay heavy, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Jason, for turning us on to Oblivion Throne and letting us know about Jesse's fundraiser. So please, if you can, uh, get some help out to Jesse and check out this awesome new band. So let's go ahead and get into the Coffin Cats. This is Go For Bad.
All right, Metalheads, this is a little bit of a different week this week, because I have Vic, the voice and the bass of the Coffin Cats, Midwest, Psycho Billy. Dude, what's going on? Oh, just uh, just hanging out in my basement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I see records on the wall. You've got the foam. It looks like the EVA floor mat foam on the ceiling for sound protection and stuff. Yeah, I uh when uh when the whole lockdown thing happened and all that, I had a lot of spare time, so I I went about and built a studio in my basement. Nice. So, have you recorded anything from there? Uh yes. Yep. I've uh I've actually tracked a couple buddies bands and uh I've done a lot of demo work for Coffin Cats down here and uh what will be eventually some new releases for next year. Absolutely. See, that's what it's all about. The The whole dynamic has changed that you don't necessarily have to go to a studio anymore because we all have podcasting gear on our laptops these days that is just right there. And it's all affordable that you you can just do it on your own anymore. It, you just pay for the engineer at that point or or the the uh, mixing and mastering, I guess. Yeah. And that, see, and that's where I cut the cost because I... I I for the past ooh, probably about eight years I've actually been studying audio engineering and you get a lot of downtime when you're on the road and so I decided to try to start utilizing that downtime a little bit more, more properly and uh, study start studying audio engineering and all that stuff and, and which so. it is a lost art form really because like so many like frequency things where it's just like uh you know putting something on a certain bus because it might be a negative three db but just that whole weird science behind it that just goes over my head completely i'm just like i'm just a dumb bass player i'm like plug me in direct let me cut my track in as little as it uh, takes as possible and i'll be good <laughs> yeah yeah once, once once i figured out what a compressor did i was like okay i think i understand this now <laughs> right <laughs> for sure <laughs> Tell everybody out in Metal Forge land about the Coffin Cats, because you guys are like 19-ish years old at this point. Yes. Yeah. So we started in uh, June of 2003, and um, we, uh, we, were, we, were, we, were bi- we were big punk rock fans, and we were also uh, rockabilly, psychabilly fans, and decided to merge, merge our likes together, and that's what created the Coffin Cats. And, um, at that point in time in 2003, um, you had bands like Tiger Army and Necromantics and some European bands like Madsen coming over to the States. And so there was, uh, I'd say that was kind of like when Psychobilly in the United States was at its height. And, um, we were able to kind of ride that wave, um, as a brand new band. Um, we, we, we toured, we started touring heavily in 2004. And, um, we were able, we, we just, we, we, we toured nonstop throughout the, the early 2000s and throughout the 2010. And up till now, we just toured heavy and we were able to kind of build our own, our own crowd that is, uh, a mixture of anything from punk rockers to metalheads to country fans to, to whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's been a really cool thing to see over the years. Definitely, which is a great thing because, you know, I am a huge Metalhead fan. And I like, of course, you know, I don't know what you would call like graveyard punk, like the Misfits or whatever like that. 
But even I like to come out to see you guys play because you have so much high energy that you look for the person that seems like they're not entertained and you entertain them. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I think a lot of that, the the idea from that used to come from like we used to play. We I mean we play any we still play pretty much anywhere. But the sound quality would be so bad that it was like, well, at least give them something to watch, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for give sure, them something to that they can watch. But no, I mean, we 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 do it because we love it. We get up there and we have we have a, a great engaging time. And I always remember back to the shows that I when I first started going to shows, the shows that I still remember to this day. I can vividly remember is when watching a band be on stage looking like they want to be on stage and looking like they're having a good time. And there's just an, an amazing connection that being in the crowd and, and having a good time with the band on stage, you'll never forget that. And I, I, it's, it, that's one of those things of like when newer bands ask advice and stuff like that, I go, have a good time up there. And no matter what kind of a day you're having, or if you had a flat tire on the way to the gig, or if the transmission's broken down in front of the club, forget about that. You're on stage. Have a good time because people paid money to see you and they paid money so that they can have a good time. And that's just something we live by. Definitely. And I will second that a hundred percent because I have always said any five dudes can get on stage and play music. Look like you're there. Be a part of the show. Be the show. Be who people have come to to pay money to see. You know, the show is part of it. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 all we're all blue collar guys. We, <laughs> I mean, the we worked we worked well under fifteen dollars an hour for a long, long time. So we know what it's like to you know drop twenty dollars on a ticket or you know ten dollars on a ticket and and have the show suck and be like, oh, that was a waste, <laughs> right? Know? Absolutely. You said that, you know, you were doing some demo work and everything and possibly next year coming out with a new album. But here in the next month in May and and in June, you've got uh, some shows with the Reverend Horton Heat coming up on tour. Yep. And that's uh that's uh so we've 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 been we've been doing tours with Reverend Horton Heat off and on for about the past ooh, eight or nine years. And every time we go out, it's like a dream come true, because that was that was the band that got me into all of this. That was like, that was, that's, that's the band that lit the spark as far as wanting to play an upright bass. And that all stemmed back to being, I was about 10 or 11 years old and we had finally gotten cable in the house. And one of the first shows I saw on TV was Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> and one of the first music videos that I saw them do their thing with was Psychobilly Freakout. And that always stuck with me. And, um, so the Reverend Horton Heat was a name that stuck in my head that when I was old enough to start buying, uh, you know, tapes and CDs myself, I, I picked up all of his stuff. And and that's pretty much what got me into all of this. That's that's amazing, because not with Beavis and Butthead, but I remember seeing something on TV about the same time period. I was about 10, 11, 12 years old. We had just got cable for the first time. And I saw I think it was a, a an interview with Lemmy and. At that point in time, that's when I really had noticed Motorhead for me. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. I want to be that. <laughs> and and Motor and my first exposure to Motorhead was from Beavis and Butthead. That's amazing. It, it, it's funny that 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 show, uh, that show, the music videos, the music videos that they were watching, that exposed me to so much new music, everything from Pantera to Ween 
to Judas I, Priest. <laughs> yeah. Motorhead. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I grew up, I grew up, uh, I grew up in Metro Detroit, but I grew up in an area that like, not, not necessarily rural, but like not where I, I didn't grow up in a neighborhood. So I didn't really have like other kids or older kids like influencing me for music wise and stuff. I had to find out a lot of this stuff by myself. And, um, and so it was through memorizing, memorizing these goofy music videos and stuff. And when I would finally go to the store, I'd be like, Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's that band. I'm going to check this out. And hey, mom, can you buy me this tape? Can you buy me this CD? That type of thing. You know, this is, it, it seems so weird to say now, but it's, this is pre internet. This is where you had to go find this stuff. Right. You know? And, and the stuff that wasn't on the radio either. You know? Oh, for sure. And I'm sure you just like most of us did, you probably started purchasing albums from just the cover. Absolutely. You know, like, Absolutely. uh, Hell O by Guar. You know, that, that cover alone, cause it's so busy, you know, that I bought that on just like, what is this? <laughs> yep. And you know, what's, you know, what's funny too is, uh, and I, I think it's kind of a lost art in that the, the crapshoot of buying something, buying something on those terms of saying, well, this looks kind of cool. Look, flipping it over and wow, the band looks kind of cool. And the fact that you dropped, you know, 10 or 20 bucks on this CD. And it, it, you made yourself like it, <laughs> you right? <know? laughs> you, 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 you try. You played it enough times to find the good in it, or at least find a good track here and there, right? You because know? you spent that money, and you're just like, I'm yeah. gonna get my money's value out of this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I used to work in a record store part time, and I would just go grab random stuff off of the shelf just to play it, like Axe. <laughs> and and just crazy bands that like I've never heard of, but it's in there and it's like a six dollar record. So yep. it's like I'm not going to spend the six dollars on. It. I want to I want to see what it is first. Yep. And I I I worked at a record shop as well. I I did the exact same thing. Oh yeah. sure, and I mean it's like you find out so many artists, and you're just you see somebody that you know is like either you know a punker or a metalhead or what or whoever just going and you're like oh, man do you sure you really want that but you don't want to say that man do you really want that because people like what they like and are allowed to but it's just like you know <laughs> oh it's, that's total good stuff i was gonna say circling back uh i i got i ran a soft course there um yes we are going out with reverend horton heat and we're doing the uh we're doing the northeast and kind of down south uh into the carolinas with him nice yeah. now ironically enough your the last show that it shows on the tour is in new albany indiana yes it is yep which is like a mile from my house <laughs> it's probably not even you know, a mile it, from my house <laughs> yep yep and it's funny because that show that show was originally booked in louisville yes at, at but uh i for whatever reason it's out of our hands but it was uh the club was moved and then people were firing up our social media going what happened to a Louisville show? And then I pulled up maps and I go, well, it looks like it's just across that river right there. So I, I, I would still say that we're coming near you. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that's a, I don't know how it is there, uh, or anything, but like 
in the division of that river between Indiana and Kentucky, it's crazy. You get, oh, I'll never go to Indiana. You know, you get those, <laughs> those Kentucky people that are like that. And you got the Indiana people who are the same way. Oh, nothing, nothing ever good happened out of the over crossing that bridge. <laughs> it's like crazy shit, it, but it, like it's the same thing when we do Cincinnati, but we, we play in Covington, which yep. is just across. The river. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So many bands, it, it, it's labeled as Cincinnati, but it's actually Northern Kentucky. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. So the upright bass. I'm a yes. bass player as well. And I've always wanted to get into playing upright bass, but I can't get that that slap, snap thing going. What made other than the 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 music of like Reverend Horton Heat and and stuff like that? Did you already play bass prior to picking up an upright? No, I um I played guitar. I I I started out playing guitar, and uh, that was kind of my I played guitar in like high school punk bands and stuff like that before having an upright. But the the thing that I 
always liked about the upright was the percussive element that that slap sound right and and i'm and and i i love percussive instruments i am an absolutely terrible drummer and i cannot keep a beat for shit but uh i can i can keep a beat with an upright bass and i i and even even like even funk electric slap bass i really can't do that but i just love that sound i just love i love bass instruments with that percussive percussiveness and the upright bass played with the slap style is is it that that's the that's what does it for sure yeah i'm the same way i cannot play drums for shit i would love to be able to play slap bass but i just can't do it i watch people do it and i'm like how i mean yeah. i get like the, the fundamentals i get it's the snaps i can't i just my fingers don't work that way <laughs> yeah it's it, it's um it's a tech it's a technique that is is somewhat similar to it's it's somewhat similar to like funk like funk bass at least the the technique that i play when it comes to slapping because i the you can uh I, without trying to unlock a molehill here right. uh uh upright bass you can have high tension strings where you really got to slam your hand down on those strings and get like a chunk 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 sound but I play um, light tension strings, so they allow me to kind of use my fingers to do the slap. And that's why I can get very fast, like triplet style slaps that you might hear and play with the speed that we play um, is because I'm using a, a, a very light tension nylon string. OK. And I was going to ask you about that as well, about with the, the nylon versus uh, flat wound steel strings, if you did that. If if I played steel strings doing what we do, I would my you would see my bones, oh my <laughs> not my fingers. <laughs> Probably for sure. Yeah, I could definitely get that. Or or I'd be flinging blood on every on the crowd every night, which which which, which would used, be when I, learned, when I was first learning. That's when I before I understood that there were things of you know nylon strings available for upright bases. When I was first learning, it was on steel strings, and there were many broken blisters and bloody and you know, bloody hands and stuff. <laughs> For sure. Now, most of the bands that I've seen play upright bass, for one, they have a gigantic-ass tour vehicle because that the thing is so big anyways, or else you've got it strapped to the top in a hard yeah. shell case. But you put a lot of... A lot of people put a lot of abuse on their uprights, especially in bands such as yours and some other ones like I've seen. So... Do you have to like repair yours or, or is it just one of those things where you just try to, to take care of it as much as possible or how many have you went through? Uh, I, I'm on base probably, I think base number 12. Whew. Uh, with, I mean, within all, with, within, with all, almost 23, 24 years of playing, that's not too bad considering the that's one every two <laughs> years. Here's the thing is that I, 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 my very, very first upright that I, I saved up, I saved up money for. I worked, I worked a, a really crappy job. I saved up every penny and bought it. And it was my precious. It was, this is my base. This is, and then after the first couple scratches happened, I was like, all right, well, this is just going to happen. I'm going to have to accept it. And then when I, when I broke it, I, 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 it shattered apart and I had to rebuild it. I was like, okay, this is, this is what, this is the life I'm going to lead with these instruments. Cause this is just going to happen. And you know, it's this, it's something where it's like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take a $4,000 Gretsch guitar to a punk rock show. And uh, you know, <laughs> it's just these instruments, 
these instruments, they're, they're made, you, you know what you're signing them up for. They're made to be played. And I stopped worrying a long time ago about putting scratches and stuff. And so my, my bases are glued and screwed together, Home Depot, Luthier, whatever I need to do <laughs> to get the job done. Um, and I've, I, I've, I've become the master of the hack job as far as making sure that they just, that they just work. And, uh, yeah. And, and you say it's in, so like our, I have, we have equipment that lives in Vegas for when we do West coast tours and I don't even have a case for that upright. We just throw it on top of all the gear when we piled it into the van. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's like, great. I, when we, when, when we were, when we were, like touring 10 months out of the year, we had a, a van and trailer rig. And so when the base would live in the trailer, I, I do have a flight case that lives in because those trailers bounce around so much. But, um, but now, now these days we, we tour in, uh, rental vans or, or U-Haul cargo vans because they're cheaper. And we just basically load all the merch up in the back, all the gear and merch up in the back and slide the base on top of it. For sure. Now, what in the instance of uh, European tours? Have you all been out of the States? Yes. Yep. We've done 13, 13 European tours. Okay. And um, we have equipment that um, I haven't seen it in quite some time, but we have equipment that lives in uh, Bologna, Italy. Okay. And uh, I have a base out there and, a, and, I have some amp- and we have some amps and stuff and some guitars that live out there. And uh, uh the last tour that we did, I believe it was 2018 over there. And then, um, you know, the pandemic happened and then we just haven't, we, we, you will be back there eventually. There's nothing in the works right now. Understandable. Yeah. Hopefully next year, that'll be something that you all can do with everything changing, like with the new, you know, the new flight stuff and all of that. Yeah. We, we didn't even want, we didn't want to. So when, when, I, you know, I'm sure people are sick of hearing about pandemic stuff and all that. I won't, I won't go on too much about it, but like we learned our lesson as far as when all this stuff came down and lockdowns happened, we lost, we had two full tours booked and it was all that work was lost. Everything was lost. And so we definitely didn't want to book anything. We just, and we're still really cautious about booking anything European until we know for a fact that this is behind us and that because our luck, our luck, we would book something that would be going over for three or four weeks, and then another something would break out. That yeah, it'd be like, well, that's because we booked the tour. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> for sure, and it is something I think a lot of musicians are going to have to pay attention to because the the that incites like my most irrational fear is I've the thing I've always feared about going on tour was not being able to get home if something yeah. happened. Yes. And like being forced to like live somewhere that was not, you know, home base. And I know yeah. that's like dumb to think about because you could find. No, it- I, I had buddies that were, that were stuck over there that they, they, they were stuck over there. And I'm like, man. And I mean, as far as like the money that we make, especially like on European tours, it's like we make enough to get home and pay the bills. So if we got stuck over there, we'd be screwed. Like, I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be panhandling in like Spain. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and it's funny that you say that because I had a friend who, who got, got in lockdown and had to stay in Spain for like, like 13 months or something. And yeah. I think he just recently got back to, back to the UK where he lived. And yeah. wow. it's, it's crazy because like, I know people who were 
who were going over for shows and then the pandemic happened and they, they had to rush to try and get on a flight to get back. Yep. And it's, I assume, you know, you can find a job anywhere, yeah. but it's still, it's still like freaks me the fuck out <laughs> to just sit there and to be like, you know, 8,000 miles from your family if something happened. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Because you're, 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 you're one of, you're one of thousands of people stuck in the same boat. Yep. And so, uh, enough with the anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so with, again, back on the upright base. Now, when you, tr- when you guys track and obviously you're, you're playing a, an acoustic electric base that's, it's got its own pickup and everything. Have you considered going with one of like the, the Warwick electric models or anything? No. I, so I, I had, um, I found a, I found a, a, a good deal at a local music shop for one of those, uh, electric upright bases, the stick style base. Right. Yeah. Uh, I instantly regretted buying it, uh, because they're not made for, they're not made for the style that I play. Like they, if you slap on those things too hard, the whole, the whole stick wobbles. Yeah. They're more for, they're meant more for like a jazz type playing or, or like a blues type playing where you're playing more, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not heavily slapping. It's more pizzicato. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I did try, I did try that. And the other thing too, cause I was like, oh, well, maybe I could have more of a cool direct kind of electric upright sound. And that was not the case whatsoever. Um, when I track, like if I'm tracking stuff for, for coughing cats, the sound of the upright that I'm going for is like an electrified upright bass. So I use, I use a direct signal and I've put room mics up before to try to capture the, uh, the ambiance. But then I usually, I usually don't even end up throwing that in the mix. I just go with a direct, my direct signal. And I do, I do a weird thing where I split the direct signal into three different tracks and mix it all like that. Okay. Now, do you use any kind of effects or anything on? On like any kind of reverb or chorus pedals or or anything, I I put the um so I put I put the uh, the click I put the click in my drum bus and I actually mix the click independent of the um of the I'm talking about the click of the 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 bass like when you slap it that clicky sound um I I mix that in with my drum bus and that way I'm 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 detaching that sound from the bass itself. I'm thinking of it as a percussive element and I'll mix that in with the drum group so it's sitting nicely. And then I will I will use I will I then split my uh my low end and my mid-range, my mid like upper mids um into two other tracks and then I balance those out so they're sitting nicely. So I don't think about the slap as a part of the instrument when I'm mixing it. Okay. Um when I'm mixing the bass section, I guess. See, that's that's wild. I never would have thought of, to do that. That's yeah. I it's I when I was when I was mixing our um I uh, our last EP that came out, I I I came up with that technique, and I just I liked because I would I always I always fight the I would always fight the click. I'm like, is it too clicky? Can you not hear it? And then for whatever reason, throwing it over into the drum group and letting it live over there. And balancing it all out with the drums, it just works so much better. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, actually sitting down and thinking about it with the percussive aspect of it, it definitely would 
would go with the drum deal. Because if you're locked in on the drums, it's going to be in time anyways. So why wouldn't you do it? You would hope. Yeah, yeah you would hope. <laughs> you would hope. So, definitely. So Reverend Horton Heat Tour coming up here in May and uh, in early June. Possibly some more stuff coming out in the later summer. We'll yes. stay tuned on the website. CoffinCatsRock.com. Yeah, so check out that. Uh, you might get to see some more stuff coming up, popping up here and there, and for another tour going on later in the summer, possibly. Yep, and we, we definitely have more tours lined up for um, in the uh, late fall into the winter months. Um, yeah. we, uh, we So the guys and I, um, the, there's the three of us, and then Joey Drink Tickets, who is our merch guy. Um, well, Joey, uh, he has an irrigation uh, sprinkler business. And in the summertime, we actually work for him doing sprinkler installs here in uh, Southeast Michigan. So wow, <laughs> that's that's awesome. <laughs> so we we don't tour too heavy in the summer. Whenever the ground when the ground is thawed out in Michigan, we're working putting sprinklers in. So we don't tour too heavy usually in sprinkler season. Like this Reverend Horton Heat tour, we would normally be back to work, but we just didn't want to pass up the opportunity. Well, you know, and and sometimes it makes sense because. You guys would be, you know, leather jacket weather bands, I think, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and not to say that people don't like the crazy metal heads like me don't wear leather in 90 degree heat because we do. But like the 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 spring and the, the fall and the winter, it seems like, you know, that's when when everybody's out and ah, fist fist out, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, the leather. The fall time, when the leaves start turning brown, that's when it gets spooky time. That's when, you know, that's that's when we get a lot of show offers. Right, for sure. <laughs> hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one because they stopped beating their wives. And weird we never even thought of. Well, no. My friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. (laughs) Weird. It's Gonna Get Weird is the name of the podcast, available everywhere. And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and switch over here. We're going to ask you some general profile questions about you as a person. Sure. Because I like to know what make people tick. I always say that. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you do to get away from music? Uh, what do I do to get away from? So it's funny because now that I've, now that I've gone into audio engineering and mixing for other bands, it's <laughs> kind of like, I can't get away from it now. Right. But, uh, and, and I'm one of those people that like, once I, 
I, I locked into a subject that I like, and now I spend every, like I spend all my spare time, like going on YouTube and finding new tips and tricks and stuff. And it's like the thrill of the hunt of finding new mixing techniques and stuff. And that's, that's like, yeah. that's what I do in my downtime. But no, I, these days to, to, to not think about, not think about music, not think about shows. I spend time with my son and he's, he's, he just turned four years old. So like Aww. I focus on, Hell and, yeah. uh, you know, we, we, you know, I, I try to utilize as much time as I can with him when I'm home. And, uh, and then my other, the other thing that I focus on is, uh, learning how to do, uh, doing, learning how to do home remodeling because I have a, uh, cottage that I have, am uh demoing out and rebuilding so like i i find i find things that are not the subject of music and i i dive into them heavily <laughs> for sure and that was another thing that a lot of people did during the pandemic you know picking up the home remodeling skills and you know being able to change out things and build their own decks and stuff like that yeah yeah i yeah it, it, i'm one of those people that i'm like well if i can save a dollar by doing it myself I'm going to, I'm going to try to do it. I might, it might take me 15 extra trips to Home Depot and I might have to start back over three or four times, but I'll get it done. <laughs> right. And luckily for me, I just recently moved to a place where I've got like a Home Depot that's less than, less than half a mile away from me. So if I, if I mess something up, it's not that far to just run up there and be like, yeah, I forgot this or whatever. Yeah. When I was building, when I was building the studio down here, cause where I'm at right now, I'm in my, I'm in my control room. And then I built a tracking room on the other side over here. Excuse me. And, um, and I, I did all the soundproofing and I did all the double drywall with the air gap between and, and do the best I can so that a snare drum, if you're hitting a snare drum at 11 o'clock at night, it's not ringing out into the neighbor's houses or whatever. Right. And, um, so <laughs> Yeah, I also have a Home Depot that's about a three-minute drive, and I was there many. Like, yeah, I, I I make a list. I make a list. I should check it twice, but I don't. And then I'm like, oh well, it looks like I'm going. I was just at Home Depot 45 minutes ago, and I didn't get two and a half inch drywall screws. Okay, I'm going back. Oh yeah, <laughs> that I'm totally that guy too. So, uh, beer or whiskey? Oh, you know, I uh, I well, I used to be a I used to be a vodka guy. And, uh, I, I, I was a vodka guy a little too much. <laughs> and so I, uh, about, oh, what's it been now? I, I don't really keep count, but I think it's two and a half, almost three years that I, I haven't, I, I've been sober. Oh, okay. And, well, yeah. And it's, uh, the, uh, my guitar player and I, we right around the same time, we both were, uh, enjoying, uh, spirits a little, a little too much. Okay. <laughs> uh, we were always a very heavy, heavy, hard partying band. And, uh, as we got into our later thirties, the, the parties, uh, the hangover started to last way too long. And, and, uh, they were, things, you know, personal life and all that shit was being affected by it. So it was best to finally just go, this isn't for us. And, uh, so, so in the choice between beer or whiskey these days, it's actually, uh, edibles. Ah, nice. Uh, <laughs> I I know it's uh, is it legal in Michigan or is yeah. it medicinal in Michigan? It it 
what it's it was medicinal uh and now it now it's legal okay. now anybody can walk in okay so say yeah. i'm in indiana and it's not either right now so i don't get that yeah that i don't luxury. So, we we always we always tuck our supply a little bit a bit deeper in our backpacks when we're traveling through indiana oh for sure <laughs> because yeah they suck <laughs> uh, but no serious no, basically we uh we we sobered up just to become giant potheads. <laughs> <laughs> but well, regardless of that, you know, congratulations on the on the sobriety from alcohol because it can jump up and take you really quick. I, I've known too many people it has, and yeah, the the shows the shows themselves too. If, as much as at the time of when we were when we were you know shot after shot after shot on stage, we were convincing ourselves that we we're like, oh, we're fine. We're fine. We're doing just fine. We got through the show, but it does affect your performance and it, it does affect your, your judgment and on being on, on how well you can perform. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that, you know, I would say that we're now performing better than we ever have and tighter than we ever have for the fact that we now abstain from doing any altering things until after we're done playing. For sure. Well, you, you did say that, you know, once you got into your later thirties that the hangovers lasted longer and that's very true. I've noticed that even if I don't get hammered, if I just get like even the slightest bit buzzed that like that, I feel, I still feel like ass the next day. It's like, what's the saying? One's too many and six ain't enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very true. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I I know I can speak I can speak for Tommy, my guitar player. We both say it was like our off our off switches broke. Like it used to be, it was like we could play a show and go, all right, we've had enough. Let's we gotta go do what we gotta do. But it ended up being like us having to be carried out of the shows at, when they were done. <laughs> you know, wow. Our off switches broken. But we have a lot of we have a lot of generous friends and fans at the shows that that would that love to drink and more power to them. It's just, we, we just have a hard time. We would, we started having a hard time hanging because it was like, Oh, here's a shot. There's a shot. There's a shot. There's a shot. There's a Jaeger bomb. And before we know it was like, yeah, well, that's a lot. (laughs) You know how it goes when you overdo it. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Been there many a times myself. (laughs) How do you unwind after a tour? Uh, so after like, so when I get home, I, I, I take a couple days and, uh, I, I, I take a couple days and kind of just do nothing. And then I go, okay, now what do I have to, now I'm back in real life. What do I have to do here now? And, and that's generally, uh, doing the, the day to day chores. And, uh, you know, I, I, we're, we're all just normal dudes. Like we all, we, we, we got bills to pay and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, well, what it's, if, if it's sprinkler season, well, I got to get back to work. Or, um, if it's the winter time and we're home from tours, um, uh, Tommy, he, he works for a carpet cleaning company in the winter time. And our drummer, Eric, he does tiling on the side. And, and I, uh, I make upright bass pickups and I do the auto engineering for bands and stuff. So, so that we all have, we all have our hands in many different pots besides, uh, the band okay. as far as like, making the ends meet. Definitely. Now, one of the other questions I wanted to ask about the band and the touring and everything, since we're back on that subject, is who's the who's the band dad on tour? Oh, uh, that would be our that would be our drummer. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, 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 Eball, our drummer. He's 
So everybody, every this is and this is the best advice I can give to anybody that wants to have a band to have longevity and keep and and try to keep the same members. Make sure every member in the band has a job, has some sort of a has some sort of a, a yes. something they have to do. So that way, there's never any animosity about like, well, this dude doesn't do shit, and we're always having to pick up the slack for him. We've always. We, everybody in this band has always had something they have to do. Like I will be the one that makes the tour posters or make sure that social media posts get out. And Tommy handles the merch store. Eric books all the tours and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, <laughs> so Tommy and I, sometimes, sometimes we eat, sometimes we eat a little too many milligrams and, uh, <laughs> we have to be kind of like, you know, guys, we got to go this way or this is where the, this is where the hotel is at or it's on this floor. And so yeah, he, he uh, he was he was the wrangler when we were when we were blacked out drunk and he's the wrangler when we're just goofy as all hell so. <laughs> nice and and it's nice to have somebody that can do that yeah <laughs> seriously because when as you said make sure everybody has a job in the band because if one person's doing it and the other two aren't because i'm i'm in a three-piece band as well and yeah. it, it's always just like why the hell aren't you guys doing anything can't you yeah. say that I'm like overworked and overloaded here? And, yeah. and it, it's 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 that it's it's one. It's having the right chemistry with with your bandmates. Um, you know, I, the guys I play with, they're basically the closest the thing that I have to brothers. Um, we've we've been you know we're we're approaching our forties now. We've been friends since we were in high school. Um, and uh, there's just one. We're lucky enough to have that chemistry, but also we very early on in the band all took on individual responsibilities to make sure that this, this train kept rolling, you know, for sure. If you could relive any age of your life, what would it be? So I, I've, 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 this is, this is one of those things where you ponder when you're high because <laughs> I, also, right. I, often, I, I have pondered this thing before too, because I, and I have to do it with the caveat of, okay, if I can go back, but I don't butterfly, if I don't butterfly affect myself into having, because I wouldn't change anything as far as I'm, I love where I'm at and my family and where the band is at, you know, I, I yes, do, do, do I wish that we had million dollar record contracts? Sure. But there's nothing I, I don't, there's nothing I could go back and do in the past to change that, you know, whatever happens, happens. Uh, but if I could relive a certain part of my life, I mean, I, I, I guess I would like to go back and just, uh, you know, uh, relive my teen years and uh maybe uh being in high school i would actually try to pay attention in language class because when i was in language class uh i took spanish but i should have took a uh, european language because that would have been more applicable right. uh yeah, but it, <laughs> not you know, many mexico it, tours right <laughs> it, yeah well i mean spanish spanish is just something that you you kind of soak in after a while uh, but like, I wish I would have learned something like, you know, Polish or German. But back then I was like, I'd never have any reason to learn any language like this. And I took Spanish because it was the easiest one out of all of them and whatever. But like, I wish I would have took that more serious. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. I, I could totally dig that, especially, you know, now with, you know, knowing what you know now, of course. Yeah. But I also probably wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have applied myself in high school so hard because I realized that it didn't make a difference. <laughs> I, 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 the jobs that I, the jobs that I got, and where I'm at in life, like 
my high school GED had nothing to do with that. So in a way, I I might just tell myself, oh, you don't really have to go to school if you don't want to. Right. You're gonna forget all. You're gonna forget all this stuff anyway. <laughs> all you're learning. I swear. <laughs> I, 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 I tell myself there's going to be a device in your hand that's just going to make you super smart but dumb at the same time. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Right? Oh. Uh, who would you want to see perform live if time or money didn't matter? Uh, Ozzy Osbourne with Randy Rhodes. Nice. Yeah, I. Yeah. Uh... I, I, I Randy Randy Rhodes was like, and he still is to me as far as like guitar players is is just. The it's his guitar playing is like the voice of God to me. Like that, like I would when I was learning when I was getting into guitar playing and, and somebody loaned me the and I wasn't even a huge Ozzy Osbourne fan. I I knew Ozzy's radio songs like Crazy Train and whatever. And Crazy Train was the first one of the first things I learned how to play on guitar. But somebody somebody gave me the um, the live the the tribute album. Uh huh. And I listened to that thing I've hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And just that guitar, his guitar playing, which just was otherworldly to me. And so that was that would be something where if I had a chance to see that in person, you know, at least once, it, you know. Yeah. yeah, it would be amazing. And it's interesting that you say that because I had a similar experience as well, because one of the first ever Aussie albums that I got uh, given to me was Tribute. And it was from a guitar player that was probably about six or seven years older than me. And he said, hey, do you want to hear something that's really badass? Listen to this. And it absolutely blew me away because of, you know, Randy's ability was insane. You know, with the classical ability that he had had. And then getting into, like, the actual Blizzard of Oz album, I don't think there's any two better songs on that album than Revelation, Mother Earth, and Steal Away the Night. Yep. Just yeah. because of that, it's one song that's divided into two, because it's just like, how do we make these two songs sound like one thing? And then you get to that that very end of the the classical part of Revelation, Mother Earth, and then it just pounds right into Steal Away the Night. And to hear it on tribute do that, to do yeah. it in a live setting, it's like oh, mind-blowing, completely mind-blowing. Yep. So, yeah, de I could definitely back that, back that one up, too. <laughs> yep. Who would you want to meet that you haven't? Uh... So here's a, it's another guitar player as is staying in the uh, theme of musicians. Uh, it's another guitar player is, uh, Django Reinhardt. Okay. So I, I, uh, for a while and I still am, I was really heavily into, um, gypsy jazz and, um, I even played upright bass in a, a, a local, uh, gypsy jazz kind of New Orleans style, uh, band, uh, around Detroit for a little while. Uh, in between tours about 10 years ago. Uh, but I, I absolutely love the sound of, uh, of hot club guitar and everything. And that was, uh, Django Reinhardt was somebody that like, I read everything I could about him. I got really into it and it just seemed like such an interesting character to meet. Uh, so yeah, that would be my, that would be if I could meet anybody that or, uh, that or Jimi Hendrix. 
for probably the same reason because the the idea behind them I, the, the, the you see you have you have these musicians that there's just something you, you just want to spend time with these guys at least just to see how they see what makes them tick like see if like were these guys were these guys like slightly autistic is that why they could unlock something so amazing within their playing like you just I, I don't know. Like, no, I've I, always, I've, you're absolutely I've always been, right with that. I've, I've been curious about that where it's, I've, you know, I've watched Jimi Hendrix interviews and stuff and it's like, you know, that's his, just his, his being and his personality. It's like, no, that's not all drugs right there. That's just, that's, that's, that's just an odd guy right there that looks at life and looks at the fretboard completely different. For and sure. I think that Django was a similar person. Definitely. And, uh, I think Jocko was too. Uh, yeah, Jocko was too. I think Phil Lenot was as well. Yep. You know, just completely otherworldly on another plane of existence mentally were those yeah. people. Not those, to- those are those are the type of musicians that like those are the ones that like I look up to as far as like on a pedestal. Like those are your rock gods right there. Those are the they they seem like they don't seem like human beings. No, you're, no, I agree 100% on that. And like to say, you know, bringing back to Randy Rhodes, another one that was just that way. You know, he was yeah. just on another world with it. And, you know, a lot of people say that he was a massive jackass to to a lot of people. But I think it's just his personality with knowing how knowing how good he actually was. You know, I think that just comes off that way, unfortunately. So, yeah, all of those people, yeah, for I sure. Mean, if I was, what, what was he? What was he when he died? Was he 24 when he died? Something, Something like, like that, that, yeah. Yeah, if you put that much talent in my body at that age, I don't know how I'd be either. <laughs> oh, for sure. And yeah. and Cliff, Cliff Burton was the same age. And for sure, you know, same thing, talent and... Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, why is it, why is it that to this day, I mean, you can't, you can't mention Metallica without mentioning Cliff Burton. And I mean, to anybody else be like, oh yeah, that was just a bass player that was in the band and he died. And it's like, no, 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 you don't, you don't, you don't understand. Yeah. And like Cliff, the, the reason that, the reason that Metallica is selling out stadiums and will continue until they're 80 years old is because of what Cliff Burton introduced to those guys. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. 
visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. So I've got a, a few more for you. What album would you immediately go to that it's an absolute playthrough for you? Uh, Bad Religion, Stranger Than Fiction. Right on. That was uh, so. That was the album that uh, I'll never, I'll never forget it. The uh, it was ninety three or ninety four, and that was the year that those were the years that alternative music broke, as they say, like right. you know, when punk resurgence and everything. Well, for a brief period of time, there was a uh, radio station that switched its format over from rap to become the the new rock alternative in Detroit. And uh, they were playing, they played Green Day, Offspring, No Effects even, and and Bad Religion on mainstream radio in Detroit, which is like, it's normal when you're listening to K-Rock and stuff on the West Coast, but right. that's not normal in the Midwest whatsoever is to hear No Effects on a, <laughs> uh, you know, and so this was, you know, like this is 93 or 94, and I'll never forget because I was, I was like 10, 10, 11 years old. And up until that point, I always listened to whatever was the, your parents played in the car and stuff like that. It was always Young Country. And there was a radio station called Young Country. You know, they played Tim McGraw and, and Garth Brooks. And- yeah, yeah. So it was I like I I always heard that, or it would always be, you know, Take Me Down to Paradise City, Guns N' Roses, and Metallica. The Black Album was just hitting hard at that point, and Nirvana was all over the place and so it, there, there were those bands but like like it's like oh yeah that stuff's cool whatever but at that i was already it, that stuff was already played out to me by the time i was that age and here i hear bad religion 21st century digital boy oh no i'm sorry it was infected was what i heard uh i heard infected on the radio and that punk rock guitar and the harmonies coming through the radio i'll never forget it that just like changed my brain and i said I really like this music. I like this stuff. And so for Christmas that year, my, the, I got like three CDs and I got my first CD player and I got Smashing Pumpkins, Spring Smash and Bad Religion, Stranger Than Fiction. And that will always be just my, I can put that, I can, I can put that album on anytime. Or if I had to end up on a desert island and I needed to have something to listen to, that would, that, that would, would be, be the it. one. Yeah. So I think you inadvertently answered my last question 
with that with that single question as well. Because <laughs> my 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 final question of the day was going to be, what album changed your life? <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, it just like just like smells, you know, certain smells will make you. They make you time travel, you know, they take you back to a time and a place. Music does the same thing. The right music does. And, and, you know, that album always takes me back to when I was, not that I'm not still excited to hear new music and discover stuff now, but it was that discovery. It was that excitement of like putting the headphones on and trying to listen to every little nuance and listen and turning the volume up at the end of the song, just to hear if you could hear the, the sticks drop on the snare drum or hear if you can hear those guys talking. Oh yes, absolutely. Like, like that was that, that album right there was what introduced like that style of listening to me where it was like, Oh no, I am into this. Yes, definitely. I remember doing the same thing with, um, it was Megadeth's hidden treasures album. And hmm. at the very end of Paranoid, because that's the that's like the cover song album. At the very end of Paranoid, you hear Dave uh, Nick Menza keeps playing drums after the song's over, and you hear Dave yes. Mustaine in the studio going, "Nick, Nick," and yep. And, yep. and Nick just goes, "Fuck me, running!" Like in the in the far distance, and it you know you're, you've got the headphones on and you're just listening and you hear it and it's like ah that wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> yep. It's funny because I use that as an example when I'm, if I'm recording a band, I use that, that exactly what you were just talking about. I use that as an example of saying like, Hey, we don't have to do everything perfect here. And I was like, you know, it's like, we don't have to do everything on the grid, cut and dry. You know, the song is done now. I was like, we can leave little stuff, little things in there or, or, you know, if somebody was talking when the microphone was hot, there's like, it, we can we can leave warts and stuff in the songs because it makes songs more human. Exactly, and it makes the band more human. Definitely, and that's what I like about like the Eagle Vision Entertainment classic album series, where they go, mm-hmm. where they talk about the makings of the albums. Because I love those. I oh, nerd out to those. <laughs> I I really you know like making Bad Out of Hell making. Uh, British Steel by Judas Priest. It's yeah, like I even watched, I even watched the Steely Dan one, which normally I wouldn't give a shit about, but I find that stuff so interesting. Oh, you know? for sure, because it's like I want to get inside people's heads and see how they made these things. Like, like I brought up just a second ago, the British British Steel. Who would have seriously sit there to think that, like, if you took a tray of silverware and we're hitting it on the f- marble floor in Ringo Starr's studio house that that's what the stomps from the metal gods is. It's a yeah. tray of silverware. And it's like, yep, you don't think about it, but you hear it. And it's like, it's really like, what the hell? But it lends such a big dynamic to that song. And yep. I, that's always like super cool to me. And I've always wanted to do stuff like that. Like I've always been a, a uh, like a Foley artist for films yeah. where you, you know, you make natural sounding sound effects, but you, yeah. they're fabricated. It, yeah. And th- there's an absolute artwork to that stuff. And even, even when making those albums, like we, these days we have, we have, you know, we have EQs that we can pull up digitally and, and, and bend to our will and do anything that we want. We can, we can, we can take a sound and bend it any way we want to now. But, you know, 
these guys were making amazing sounding albums but these engineers were the guys that were like hey we're going to take this microphone and we're going to put this three feet back because we need to have this eq curve for this particular fork hitting the ground or or, or whatever right you know like there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff that went into these albums that like that i you know i fear is going to be forgotten about when it because now we take it for granted that we can just throw a shitty microphone up and actually make it sound halfway decent after processing after processing after processing when there's such an art form to actually microphone positions and all that stuff oh for sure just even with that and not not only say, saying that you know the the needle point library of sound effects yeah you know including stuff like that in there you know like rain tracks and stuff and how many people because i know i personally did this in my early days of recording on four tracks and stuff like that or i would hang a mic outside the door when it uh, yes. under, under the awning when it was raining just so i could get a real sounding rain track mm-hmm. instead of you know using a digital digital recreation of it yeah absolutely absolutely hell yeah Vic do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody today uh no nobody in particular (laughs) (laughs) yes yes true Uh, true rock moment uh, (laughs) (laughs) true rock moment right there uh seriously no I know what no you know what I I will I will I will I'm gonna say hey Tom Coffin eat shit because I know we're going to listen to this when we're on the next tour. So, oh, oh, yeah, no, here's, here's what I'm going to shout out is, hey, Tom, at the next gas station, you go me a Red Bull. There we there go. There you go. So, and he has to now do it. I'm setting myself up for when we're on the next tour. I can play this one and be like, hey, check. I don't know, man. The guy on the radio sounds like me. Says that. So you got to fire me up. Got to gotta get me one, dude. Got to. <laughs> Vic, thank you so much for coming on the Metal Forge this week. This has been super rad to me. This has been a great conversation, a great interview. Uh, I look forward to seeing you guys on the next tour. And hopefully you'll make it back to the Louisville area again this this summer, maybe. So. Yeah. Uh, get and please by all means get a hold of me um get a hold of me be, before that Reverend Horton Heat show and uh you know we'll we'll meet up and whatnot so hell yeah sounds amazing for sure so off of the the latest EP what do you want me to play out today uh let's see uh to, I think a song that would be more fitting for your show format would probably be Myrtleize so you heard him this is Myrtleize. Come 
And the rest they did die And no fear did you feel Release pain from inside I know Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on. <laughs>